1: Retiring from exercise until uh, October. It is entirely too hot to do anything outside. Do not do anything outside. I went out for a big run. I got to be healthy, right? I got to be. Healthy. I got to be slim. I got to be. Uh, you know, I'm perpetually trying to become somebody I'm not. All right. I want to be a. I want to be one of those guys with one of those stomachs. You know what I mean? Look at me. Yeah, hey, I'm ripped. Yeah, it's probably. It's, it's it's never going to happen unless they invent a pill or I don't know. I can't do it. It's not going to happen. But I've been trying for uh, literally decades, so I go out there like a, you know, just a chump, you know, running in this, and I gave up. I couldn't. I could not continue. So, uh, but what do I do? You never take a wallet. Who takes a wallet? Who takes a wallet? Uh, nobody takes a wallet so when, when you run, And um, I, I, but I had to get back, so I did not have a subway thing, and uh, I'm, I'm three miles from home. How do I do it? So I hailed a cab, Explained to the guy, when I get home, I'll go inside, and I'll get a— uh, uh, and I'll pay you. And uh, he was uh, very suspicious, but it all worked out. And I took care of him. And uh, oh man, it was beautiful in that taxi. It was uh, it was so cool. Uh, air conditioning is the greatest thing ever invented. It's just uh, it's wonderful when it works. It's great. It's great. If I did have a uh, metro card, should I be taking the subway? Uh, did you hear what Alvin Bragg said? Alvin Bragg himself. Alvin Bragg. Alan Brank himself like he's any big deal. Ten people voted for him on the last day of school, and now he's the DA and he's indicting President Trump over nothing, non crimes. Indicts him over non crimes. Yet, um, I don't ride the subway because of, uh, well, the crime. Well, what about shootings? Shootings are down. Well, okay. Um, it's not about shootings, actually. It's not. Shootings are happening in certain high crime neighborhoods, all right? Like they're happening and they will happen. Um, in your but most people are not confronted with with shooting they're just not that's not the crime I'm talking about I'm worried about getting punched in the face okay now if somebody gets punched in the face like me here's the problem um they're not going to arrest that guy he's going to be gone before I can do anything about it um it's not going to be a what can, what can the cops do in this environment what can they do not too much um so Alvin Bragg admitted that he is afraid of going on the subway for his family. Cut 13.
2: I know the statistics that transit crime is down, but when one of my family members gets on the train, I, too, get a knot in my stomach.
1: Did you hear that? He get gets a knot in his stomach. Um, this is what we deal with. These little chumps, these little nobodies get these big jobs. And because we don't live in a democracy anymore, they rigged it. They rigged it so nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows when the election is. And you, you, you tell 10 of your friends, 10 of your activist liberal friends, and they tell 10 more, and they tell 10 more. Very few people. How many? In a city of 8 million people, 81,000. Uh, 81,000 81, made Alvin Bragg the district attorney. Now he's running around indicting presidents. It's sick. It's 81,000. You know you know who gets 81,000 votes and, and, and actually gets a lot of power? Joe Biden. Joe Biden got 81,000 votes, and that made him a United States senator in 1972, and he was a senator for life. You get elected in a nowhere little state like Delaware, size of Suffolk County, smaller than. Anyway, um, what do we need here? We need some reform. We need... We need something. All right, so Eric Adams, I'll get to him later. Gosh, he everybody knows uh, what a fraud he is. I was telling you very early on, wasn't I, that he wasn't smart, that he had no integrity. Um, I may have to get the hell out of here. I'm either going to run for mayor, although did you hear yesterday, Ed Curtis in here, he's running as a Republican, his mind is made up. Um, Am I going to have to run against Curtis? I can't run against, you know what I may have to do? Invent my own party or run as an independent. Running as an independent. I'll tell you one thing about running as a Republican in New York. For some people, even some reasonable people out there, well, I guess they're not too reasonable, but they'll just never, ever, ever vote for a Republican. Half of New York is like that. They'll never vote for a Republican. But would they vote for an independent? Uh, Unfortunately, in New York, I don't think it's fair, but the Republican Party has a lot of baggage. So maybe I'd uh, run as an independent. Could I do it that way? You know the thing about that is you get enough signatures, you get on the ballot. You get on the ballot in November. Now I think you need how many signatures? Like twenty five thousand. So to get twenty five thousand signatures, you need five hundred thousand signatures because they go through it with a fine tooth comb, and they try to eliminate. They try to eliminate. Oh, this is uh, this signature is not valid because the person did not use their middle name. Crap like that. Um, but I'm thinking about mm, my family. Really, uh, I'm. <laughs> it would be. I don't want to. Say I'm the greatest guy in the world or uh, or the most altruistic guy in the world, but I would not be doing this for my uh, career. I'd be doing this because Eric Adams needs to be stopped. He needs to be removed from office. We need somebody of uh, of substance, of determination, who has a work ethic. Who I, These are the things that I can provide, actually. All right? My model, I'll be there by 7 in the morning, and I'm not going to be partying all night. Um, and I'm not going to try to run the police department. I'm going to get the best professional in the world to run the police department. Uh, Keechan Sewell, nice lady, was not the best professional in the world for that job. And why would I do these things? Well, for my kids, actually, and, uh, wow, one of them was in Europe for a couple of days, actually a couple of weeks, with her grandparents, my in-laws. They took our oldest, uh, who's only three, and she got back last night, and she was so excited about everything she did. And uh, I had a little chat with her. Let's see here. I uh, took out my iPhone. I started recording. Cut twenty six, please. Cut twenty six. What else did you do on the trip? I played. You played. Yes. What did you play? I played well I get on the slide and the merry-go-round. There was a merry-go-round. Was it on a ship or was it on? Uh, oh, where was the merry-go-round? <laughs> Huh? At the park. And okay. it went round and round, round and round. And then the, the Ferris wheel went round and round like this. Wow. What did you eat? French fries with ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed that she knew what the ketchup was. She has learned a lot. Now, some of that stuff, hey, she does this. I guess all little kids do this. Every now and then, you know what she sounds like. Red Rum. <laughs> remember that kid in the the Shining. Red Rum. Red Rum. Uh, but all kids sound like that momentarily. Uh, isn't that nice? Uh, she can talk about other stuff too. She was talking about a lot of uh, detailed stuff, um, but that was just about the Ferris wheel. She told me about the plane, all kinds of stuff. And um, oh, speaking of planes, uh, John Kerry. Uh, remember him? That a uh, feat preppy um, loser guy from Massachusetts, right? I just don't think America was ready for him. He was <laughs> He's too good for this country. He really looked down on everybody. He should have won that race in 2004. I actually voted for the guy. Uh, why did I vote for John Kerry in 2004? Was I going to vote for the guy who started the war in Iraq and there were no weapons of mass destruction? No. So I voted for John Kerry, who kept on screwing up everything, everything, and he showed his contempt, you know, for, for, for the little guy throughout the campaign. And he still has it. He still has it. Now, he has a private jet. He has absolutely, he's flying all over the place in a private jet. And he's testifying. You know, he's a big job now about environment. He's like the environmental czar. Basically, that means he's a friend of Joe Biden. And Joe Biden wanted to give him a cushy uh, situation position where he could fly around the world and go to summits. Well, every now and then he has to go before Congress, and they were having none of this crap. Cut 27.
3: I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go
1: there. Honestly, honestly, that's where you are. What a deceitful man. I mean, we don't own. I don't personally own. Well, your wife does. Your wife does. Now, apparently, now, here we got this letter of the law. Did she sell it three weeks ago? It's possible she sold it three weeks ago. So what, they don't own a private jet. Do they have net jets? Because that's a leasing situation. That's a lease. And we got a million pictures of uh, John Kerry getting on and off private jets. Hate to say this, but uh, this is why he married Teresa, all right? Because uh, she was super-duper rich. He wasn't. He had the Yale stuff and the he had the snobby being a snob down, but he did not have money. And he, um, he hooked up with Teresa, who's very tragically, her husband died four years earlier in a plane crash in a private plane plane crash uh, his name was Heinz he was a senator from Pennsylvania and he died in a private plane crash terrible tragedy but uh, yeah the Heinz catch-up people right Heinz and uh, John Kerry of all the women in the world uh, found uh, Teresa Hines. Um now I'm not uh, it sounds kind of mean am I bringing this up did he marry her for the money uh, well the thought would not have occurred to me until he brought it up in a documentary. <laughs> Okay. John Kerry himself. I didn't know who he was married to. I didn't really care. You know, whatever. And then I met Teresa, and right away, people thought I was dating her for her money. <laughs> what? I didn't even know she was rich. I didn't even know you had a girlfriend. I didn't what. <laughs> so, what do you. Thou protest too much. Um, all right. What else is going on here? John Kerry did that. Oh, the Christopher Ray stuff. Uh, you know, I saw some people at Fox saying, oh, those Republicans did not do a good job with their questioning. They were great. They were great. You had a witness who did not want to tell um, the truth, who did not want to level with us, who was playing bureaucratic games. And here he is, Christopher Ray, FBI director, playing. This is total bureaucracy right here. This is what they do. Uh, deflect, uh, delay, confuse, obfuscate, cut 17, please. I think I want to be really careful with getting too far into
4: the details. Again, I just want want to stick with what's in the court filings. That sounds right to me, but I I really want to be careful to stay within the four corners. With the certificates, can we at least get an unredacted copy of this memorandum? I I will find out if there's more of the the document that can be shared with you. We've tried to be very careful in what we redact, and there's always a a basis for it. I say that because I want to be very careful. There have been a number of court filings related to some of these topics. Uh, That's a place where, again, I want to be Careful, much as I said in response to an earlier question.
1: Mm, careful, uh, meaning I don't want to say anything. And it's um, always, we'll get back to you on that. Oh, I don't have the information here. He showed up with 75 guys, 75 people. Somebody should run back to the office and get this stuff. Here's cut 16.
4: Let me have my staff follow back up with you. We can follow back up but with you. you. That doesn't ring a bell as I sit here right now. No, and I'm happy to see if we can follow back up with you. That doesn't sound familiar to me. As I sit here right now, I don't have the answer for you on that. I don't know the answer to that as I sit here right now. Let me follow up and make sure if there's anything more I can provide you on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what I want to know is what the hell happened on January 6th? Were there FBI guys there? Were there FBI guys in the crowd he plays such a game here let's see uh this is uh cut 18.
2: How many agents
3: were actually uh, agents or uh human resources were present in the Capitol complex and vicinity on January 6th?
4: Well again it's going to get confusing because it depends on when we, re- we deployed and responded to the breach uh
3: that occurred. How, how, Obviously, How many, were, how many were under federal
4: agents? Sure uh, you go, know, yeah you're talking
3: you, 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 and you and I both know what we're talking different things here, and, and I, please don't, don't distract here because we're focusing on the, those who were there in an undercover capacity
4: on January 6th. How many were there? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I can give you that number as I sit here. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene.
1: That's, um, how about that, huh? It's going to get confusing here. How is it confusing? What, 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 what? And now he says there are no under – I'm not sure there are no undercover agents on scene – He's playing a game about uh, what is undercover and what is not. Cut 19.
3: Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened?
4: Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I a can
3: no. Say. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen, time the
4: 6th. has expired. You should not read anything into my. Decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, time has
1: expired. Oh, he was so mad when that happened. He was so mad because he's been caught. There were FBI guys there uh, before the Capitol was breached. Were they inciting? Were they egging them on? Were they, I mean, uh, we, we know, we know now, we know. There are federal agents who facilitated that. Why? Because they wanted to destroy MAGA. It did not work. They came close and this guy, this guy had a big role in all of it, and you just see it right there. There's the proof. Daryl Issa, man, he finishes the job. When we come back, hey, the cocaine—they say case closed. We don't know. We don't know whose cocaine it was. That's the official word. We'll have what really happened in a moment. Greg Kelly.
5: Is the Greg Kelly
1: show man, uh, Kamala Harris really is just kind of uh, d- destroying herself right before our eyes. she is uh, she's crazy. there's somebody has got to do something now she just put out a big message to the entire country about uh, airplane bathrooms. Uh, have you' been on an airplane any time in the past uh, twenty five years all right? Uh, airplanes are equipped with bathrooms, correct? Uh, correct Of course um she does not think so this is i at first i thought it was a spoof it has to be a trick uh this is somebody her account was hacked uh no this is uh the policy of the u.s government this is an initiative of the biden team ready from her official twitter account vice president kamala harris the majority of domestic flights do not have accessible restrooms this is absolutely unacceptable our administration will soon announce a solution to help end this inequity. <laughs> this is this is mo- more bizarre than anything Donald Trump has ever tweeted about anything. I love those tweets; they always made sense. Yeah, they were funny, they were in your face, they were politically incorrect, but they made sense. This does not make sense. This is, uh, and I looked it up. I am going through. Where what are these airlines without planes? Without uh, without air, uh, what do you call it? Restrooms, lavatories. Um, there are none. There are none. I mean, look, there are a lot of airlines out there. Right? I What do I usually fly? JetBlue, sometimes Delta, Southwest. Um, and I know that they all have bathrooms. But I thought, well, what about the little pu- puddle jumpers, like with little propellers, right? And I looked up; those airlines actually don't have those things anymore. They don't have puddle jumpers. They're all like these small jets that have restrooms. So I said, okay, well, maybe, maybe the second rate airlines. Sorry, but you know, you know the airlines. Um. What do they call them? Uh, Budget airlines, right? Spirit Air. Uh, There's something called uh, Regent Air. Um, Another one, uh, Piedmont. Piedmont is actually still an airline. Did you know that? I looked them up, and all their planes have uh, restrooms. So I'm like, what is she doing? Now, there are about 100 airlines in the country, and some of them you've never heard of. Uh, Commute Air, PSA Airlines. Did you know that? We have Air Sunshine, Boutique Air. So I'm looking up all these airlines, and I'm looking up their planes, and I'm like, they all have they all have bathrooms. Now, I found one so far that does not have a toilet, all right? It's Surf Air. You know where it flies from? Los Angeles to Catalina Island. You know how long that flight is? 12 minutes, okay? You can go when you get there, or before you go...
5: listening to The Greg Kelly Show.
1: There's another airline I found that may not have bathrooms. Uh, it's a, a little propeller plane and it's uh, Cape Air and they fly from Boston to Cape Cod, which I think is a 10-minute flight. Okay? It's a very, very short flight. And who knows? I'm only guessing if they don't have bathrooms. I mean, it's a small plane. I don't think you could fit one. This is a civil rights issue now for the, for the Biden administration. Kamala Harris, was she drunk tweeting? Was she pill tweeting? I mean, she's... <laughs> that it's it's the most bizarre thing that the Biden administration will take on this problem that nobody has ever mentioned being a problem. Um, and if you got to go and you're on a small plane, um, there are ways to deal with that, uh, actually. Having... Uh, you want to know? You want to know? All right. Um, well, you know. You know. You know. You take a little bottle. Um, you can use that. Although it's harder if you're a woman... Um, we had a little tube in the uh, in one of the airplanes I flew, the T-34, the relief tube, and then you had a little uh, silver uh, thing you had to press, and if you didn't press it, as my instructor John Eddy once said, it's golden shower time. I was appalled. This was the most like straightforward, kind of neat-as-a-pin, straight-and-narrow guy, and it, it was his job to tell us all about the... Uh, the engines and the, uh, the avionics of the T-34. And he's very particular. You know, and uh, he says, be sure to depress the relief valve. Otherwise it's golden shower time. And I'm like, damn, that's just, that's, that's pretty esoteric stuff that uh, Mr. Eddie was, was familiar with. Hey, uh, can I go back to the Christopher Ray thing? And uh, Hey, Matt Gates, look at this guy. And I've heard a lot of people, well, what was he supposed to say to that? He has a very pointed question. I mean, was it a real question where he expected a real answer? Actually, yes. And But even if it wasn't, you still got to yell at these guys. You got to bring up Christopher Ray and yell at him as a punishment. Part of yesterday was a punitive session. Christopher Wray, director of the FBI. What does FBI stand for? Friends of Biden Incorporated. Uh, forever bothering innocent people. Uh, forever bundling it. <laughs> Uh, blowing it. I mean, they've blown so many cases. They're just, they need to rebrand. It's like an airline that has had like so many crashes. They rebrand, you know, uh, what's an airline that did that? I'm trying to think, uh, K- K- Korean airlines, Korean airlines. When they blew up that 747 over, uh, Russia, they, they, they changed their name to Korea air because they, they just they didn't want anybody to associate it. I think
2: National Airlines back in the day did,
1: did the same thing. Anyway, Matt Gates here he is smacking around. Christopher Ray. cut 22.
2: I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following Hold on. my direction. We
1: all know that he's talking about the text message, right? Okay, just, it's not, okay, talk about the text message between Hunter and that Chinese Communist Party guy. Keep going.
2: I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director?
4: I'm not going to get into commenting on that.
2: You, you You seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? almost suspiciously uncurious are you protecting the bidens
4: absolutely not the fbi well, does not as no you won't, not, answer, the, oh, no oh, in you won't answer the question about whether or not anything.
2: that's a shakedown and everybody knows why you won't answer it because to ev- to the millions of people who will see this they know it is and your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you
1: yep deeply deeply revealing and uh it goes on from there cut 23 23- and you know, wh- why okay so yeah was he really going to say something He could have said, I can't comment on matters under investigation or not under investigation. He should have been more professional. Like, I'm not even going to get into that. Why not? Your entire bureau was leaking stuff while they were investigating Donald Trump for two years, right? You guys were all over him, and everybody knew it. Why can't you even comment on this? Obviously, this needs to be investigated. This needs to be investigated. Not George Papadopoulos having a drink with some Australian guy in Germany. Cut 23.
2: Don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray, that you preside over the FBI that has the lowest level of trust in the FBI's history People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people.
4: Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100%.
2: We're deeply proud of them, and they deserve better than you. Damn! all oh, good for
1: him. And Ray was so angry. His face starts contorting itself and he's just but he can't see, he doesn't say anything, but he's angry. He's angry. And what a little cheap thing, right? He knew he knew off the top of his head that 100,000 people are 100 percent more from Florida. What a little weird factoid. But he told his team to get that so he'd have ammunition to respond to the onslaught that he knew that was coming from Matt Gates. instead of actually being responsive He tried to uh, counterattack with crap like that, and it was crap. This was the worst moment, though, for him. This bothered me. This offended me personally. He's bitching and moaning about money. He's the highest-paid guy at the FBI, and he says he doesn't make enough money. Well, then quit and go back to the corrupt job you had beforehand, milking people, exploiting people, exploiting corporations, you guys. Cut 24.
4: Director Ray, I want to thank you for your service Uh, during a time of unprecedented um, travail. Um, uh, Director Ray, um, you were a partner at an international law firm before you took a a drastic pay cut to accept the job of FBI director. Isn't that correct? Uh, Yes, that's something my wife reminds (laughs) me of from time to time.
1: (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Well, uh, he's paid about $230,000 at the FBI may not be a fortune, but it's more than about 95% of Americans make in a year. And he's saying it's uh, it's chump change. Um, what's his wife looking for? What kind of payout does she want? Well, the year before he became FBI director, he, was, he made $9 million. $9 million. In the two years, altogether, he made $16 million. If he handled his money well, he wouldn't have to work again. Uh, so uh, why is he working? Well, for power, all right, for all this stuff, for the— for the prestige and status of being the FBI director, all right, and having a thousand people at your beck and call and flying on planes all over the country and helicopters and and, and having security, and going on vacation on private jets. That's actually not private. There are jets, the government's jets. We own them. We paid for them. And he's using them. So uh, what his little snide comment there about I'm not making enough money reminded me of those FBI whistleblowers who have actually been prevented uh, from earning money in security. They're FBI whistleblowers. A lot of them have been suspended, and they're in this weird limbo situation where they're actually not allowed to carry firearms, so they're not of much value as security work, doing the security work that they specialize in, and so they're going poor. They're literally going to the soup kitchen. These are FBI agents you're about to hear from. Cut 25.
0: Due to whistleblower
4: retaliation by the FBI, I've been suspended without pay for over a year.
0: The FBI weaponized the security clearance processes to facilitate my removal from active duty within one month of my disclosures. The FBI initiated a campaign of humiliation and intimidation to punish and pressure me to resign. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me rendering my family homeless
1: and they haven't been able to work again. So it's, um, it's really bad. And for that guy to make that crack. And meanwhile, John Kerry out there bragging that he does not own a private jet when he actually does, or at least has access and has flown on them many times, or they're in his wife's name. I hear, uh, first of all, we played that denial. He called it a lie. That's a really strong word. One more time. Cut 27.
3: I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet, I don't own a private jet, I personally have never owned a private jet, and obviously it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. Just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there.
1: Yeah, well, we're about to go there, and Congressman Waltz went there. Interesting that you said first. You said we don't own a private jet, and then you said personally, I don't own a private jet. Okay, we as a couple, you did with your little. Uh, well, I don't want to. De- I don't want to demean her. I'm sorry. I take that back. Uh, but it was in his name, his spouse's name. Is that the game he's playing? So here's Congressman Waltz calling this all out and trying to figure out what's going on with it. Hey, there are millions of pictures of this guy getting on and off private jets. Why is that a big deal? Well, he says that you have to take the bus. You and I should be taking uh, scooters and skateboards. These climate change people, it's more than just getting electric cars. And oh, by the way, electric cars as a whole, <laughs> there's a whole nother story to that. The whole cobalt situation and the child labor that's being used to go underground and get cobalt, the element that you need to make batteries for these cars— Anyway, just making a private jet, well, that's a got a big big carbon footprint. You know that. Everybody knows that. All right. What happened with Congressman Walz? You're star- Hmm? Uh-oh. Let me do that again.
0: Mr. Secretary, uh, in, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2000, 2023. The, the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony not that sure. you've never I, owned or I, I personally, your family? I by your family. personally,
3: yes. My wife owned a plane. Huh? Sold the you plane. flew on well, that plane? Been, uh, not in a number of years, and, but
0: I have <gasps> flown on it, sure. And this article has not been inaccurate, that your family owned a plane, you flew on a plane,
3: my Mr. wife, um,
0: my here's, wife um, the, busted. here's the issue. Yeah. This isn't some kind of partisan gotcha. When we are asking Americans to make serious sacrifices as we transition for the common good, and your family and or yourself are flying around on private jets, that smacks of hypocrisy. It actually hurts your cause. Mr. Secretary, but I'll, I'll move on. I but, just but want to know sir, from a record sir, standpoint.
3: me the, the right, at least, to set the record straight here. I do not fly on a private jet. Uh, I, do, I do not fly. I fly commercially have on all on of, on of my private jet since you've taken this
0: position? Just, just let, me, let me finish.
3: I have flown five times in the last two and a half years on Millair, which you also fly on. Sure and, or some of you who travel fly on, five times. Otherwise, all of my trips are commercial airlines. Have you flown
0: on a private jet in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position?
3: Possibly once. (gasps) I, I don't. I think I just don't. I'm, I'm trying
0: to think. I, I think you need to take the broader point of how this appears to the American people. No, as we're asking them to take that. I tell you why. Miss, I, you, you we're know, not asking you know Americans.
3: We're not asking Americans not to fly. You know. You're you're trying to create an unequal thing. We're not no, saying we're don't you fly. No, By
0: example, Mr. Secretary, that's what we're at. You, which, which is why I fly commercially. By example, which is why which
3: I, I fly, fly. In that
0: vein, does your office? Uh, or the State Department keep a record of your official travel and scheduled meetings? Of course. Uh, does that include the individuals you're scheduled to meet with? Uh, I, can, you provide the, can you provide those records to Congress? Will you provide those records to Congress? Of who I've met with? Uh, your official travel. Your official travel, taxpayer-funded, while in this position. Sure, happy to do so. Thank you. I appreciate that uh, commitment. Switching uh, top- Whoa,
1: whoa! Was that great, or what? Oh man, give that guy a medal. Congressman Waltz. He's a Republican from, I believe Pennsylvania, right? Is he from Pennsylvania? Great guy. Great guy. met him a couple of times. He was for Dr. Roz, too. I'm um, story. oh gosh, he just got nailed nailed. He's, he called it a lie. Let me just hear that one way. He, did he, he said it's a lie to say that he has a private jet cut 27?
3: I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. Stop.
1: And obviously. Stop. Stop. Oh, my God. Now, for him to call that an outrageous lie, and then he goes on to lie himself, or though. I don't own a private, I personally don't own a private jet. And to be so indignant about it, this guy, it's unfortunate. I mean, we can't vote him out of anything because he's got an appointed job and um, and he's friends with Joe. And that's uh, that's all it takes actually these days. What a fool. I'll be right back.
5: Greg Kelly. listening to the greg kelly show
1: i'm uh, looking at a woman on fox news right now her name is eve perfectly nice she looks like she's about what 32 years old and she is offering five thousand dollars to anyone who can set her up with a man she gets married to five thousand dollars and she said she was on uh tinder like everybody else swiping 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 and uh it's the easiest thing in the world right and uh But there's always somebody, as she just said, there's always somebody richer, there's always somebody hotter, there's always somebody willing to do things that uh, you want to do or don't want to do, and um, it's just a never-ending kind of process. Uh, Those who actually want to go through the trouble of – imagine calling somebody up and saying, will you go out with me, and making arrangements to meet each other in the real world and taking ownership. Um, Nobody really does that anymore. It's too much trouble. Uh, it's better to just play with your phone all day long. So this perfect, perfectly nice girl is offering $5,000. I just feel, uh, first of all, I think she's great. Number two, I think um, it's just kind of pathetic where America is right now, where the globe is right now. And what, quite frankly, did it was the 1960s, the sexual revolution. There was a time... Where the idea of having sex outside of marriage was like really like, whoa, <laughs> uh, you couldn't check into a hotel. You had to provide, That's why you had to get married, so you could actually check into hotels. So uh, and every, basically everybody got married, I mean, every, uh, with very few exceptions. The marriage rate has gone down 60% in the past 50 years, 60%. Uh, that's a lot of lonely people. And, uh, oh, by the way, I was one of them, all right? You know, all these things that uh we were allowed to do after the 1960s and 70s, right? Have at it. Have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh It's all a great big waste, and it's all harmful to uh yourself and to others. Not to sound like a prude. I am no prude. But w- th- all of that nonsense has put us in a very bad place, a very, very bad place. I speak from experience. I'm in a good place, but I was in a bad place. All right, let's go to... uh uh alex hello brooklyn you're on the line yeah hi hi greg uh for taking the call Uh, by the
6: way on tinder you got a lot of fake rich people so it's not like even all the people that show the
4: the way they are are really the way they are and about john Kerry, i wanted to say quickly so the problem is not if he owns a private jet or not the problem is that he's flying a private jet while he's trying to
3: save the environment and then some dems are like well him flying private jet is insignificant to all the pollution that's going around so it doesn't matter what's also insignificant is when the united
1: states drop stops drilling oil because we're saving the environment but across the globe some other country is drilling the oil for us and it hurts the environment just as much we're on the same planet so it doesn't really matter hey it doesn't hurt they it doesn't hurt and all your points are great it doesn't hurt the environment us drilling oil does not hurt the environment you know it does hurt the environment this cobalt stuff taking the cobalt out of the ground you know how they're doing that in congo You need cobalt for these electric car batteries and probably for the battery in my phone right here. The number one producer of cobalt is Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And who's doing it? Child, child slaves, children. (laughs) I played a big clip. It's it's amazing what's happening. You know, they talk about slavery and reparations and stuff that happened in 1600. This stuff is going on right now and they don't give a damn. (laughs) They just don't care. It's all a farce. Alex, thank you. Great points. Uh, Ron in Freeport.
3: How are you? How are you? Um, So you know that um, the government uses all kinds of technology to get uh, things, criminals caught, like January 6th, facial recognition. So why is it we didn't hear anything about this plasticine bag that needs to be opened with bare hands? How did they not talk about fingerprints or DNA analysis, um, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a million things they could
1: have done. They gave up. They gave up. I think they were ordered to give up by the chief of staff, by uh, the White House counsel. They don't want this going any further. So the Secret Service says we don't know. Now, the FBI actually offered their services. We know that from Christopher Ray yesterday. He said we offered to help, and they declined. I mean, they've got some uh, pretty high-tech gear. Sent it down to Quantico. They could have figured it out, right? I think it's worthy. We've never had anything like this before. So um it's uh it's a cover up. It's a cover up. I still think it's well, I think it's Kamala's or and or uh hunters. Maybe they were sharing it. Let's try Susan in upstate New York.
6: Hi, Greg. I heard you in the beginning you said you were gonna stop um running outside, which I totally um agree with that uh, in the heat, as well as um, I would recommend highly getting a rowing machine. If you have room in your apartment somewhere, you can even like almost make it go into a closet. No, there's one up. in the
1: basement of the building. Uh, I don't like those things too much. I feel, I never know. I don't know my, 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 my butt is, I don't know how to do it. Basically. I always feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. You like it?
6: Easy, yeah. I mean, I did it after I had my kids. I got in better shape than I was in before, and it's it's you use the large muscles. All right, and it really builds your core. Thank
1: you. Oh, my core! I got to figure out what my core is, but uh, a rowing machine maybe. The Greg Kelly Show. Uh. I'm sick of the Russia-Ukraine war. Wish it never would have happened, and it wouldn't have happened if Trump uh, were reelected. And I actually think he was reelected. Just have a just have a hunch, but um, it wouldn't. And people understand that something like 62 percent of the American people believe that there would have been no invasion of Ukraine by Russia if Donald Trump had remained in office. And you got to go back to uh, the summer of 2021, and it was in Switzerland where Joe Biden met. Vladimir Putin, and they sat down, and Joe Biden was actually giggling. At one point, he was actually giggling. He was so nervous. He was giggling. And Vladimir, you know, he mean business. He don't, he no giggle. And he looks at this guy, and he realizes, I can take him. I will take the Yankee. And um, he knew it was the time. It was the time. This is something that, what's his name, Uh, Vladimir Putin wanted to do since he was four years old. Invade Ukraine. Uh, well, actually, maybe not four. When he was four, it was part of Ukraine. All right, since 1991, he wanted to invade Ukraine and take it back because it broke off. And uh, it's it's one one Russia, Mother Russia, right? That's what he was about. And then he has these, these delusions of, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an emperor and I want to uh, unite this uh, great kingdom of Russia. So looking for the right time to do it. It wasn't the right time to do it with Donald Trump. And stuff like this, you know what? It comes down to – sometimes it comes down to the physical. Seriously, two people in a room, uh, a president of the United States and uh, the president of Russia looking at each other in the eye. You can figure out a lot. And right now, our administration, what do they have to do? They have to – every time a challenge hits the United States, whether it's North Korea, whether it's the balloon, whether it's uh, the Ukraine stuff – They have to spend half of their time managing Joe Biden, not figuring out the best way to proceed for America, what to do, what would work, what's the most – what is the best course of action for America? They have to figure out how how do we handle the Joe situation. If half of your time is spent handling the Joe situation, you're not going to be able to handle the America situation nearly as well. Does that make sense? It's really a thing. It's really a thing. Uh, DeSantis, there he is popping up again. DeSantis. All right. So the donors, the big guys, Rupert Murdoch. There's some super-duper rich guy named Ken Griffin. Ken Griffin is buying these big properties, all kinds of stuff. He's the one who bought the most expensive apartment ever sold in New York City. I think it was $200 million. Um, was it worth $200 million? No, but he wanted to spend $200 million, so people would start talking about Ken Griffin, one of Ken Griffin's issues is uh, his, his name sounds like a baseball player. Nobody knows who he is. Ken Griffin is kind of a generic name, and it's not like Elon Musk, right? I mean, there's only one Elon Musk. No one's going to forget that. But Ken Griffin, can you close your eyes and think of what Ken Griffin looks like? Okay, no. So he's making all these kind of outlandish purchases, so uh, people will think of him as an outlandish rich guy, and there's some, some – Cachet that goes with that. Anyway, Ken Griffin's been one of the big backers of Ron DeSantis, and so is Rupert Murdoch. And they're taking a look at Ron DeSantis, and they realize he does not know how to operate in a room. He doesn't know how to be a person. you one of the strangest things that ever happened. Uh, well, actually, it's happened before. Jeb Bush, another governor of Florida. Wow, this guy. What do they say about Jeb? He's a policy wonk. He's a po- Well, he could be wonky all he wants in a room by himself. You got to get out there. You got to like people you got to kind of like people to do well in politics. It's amazing that Obama got as far as he did. He didn't like people. Even his closest advisor says he does not like people. And you kind of see it in him. Really kind of literally held his nose up at other people. Um, How did a politician like Barack Obama um, get to where he got with not liking people? Uh, Most of it was identity politics. All right, big chunk. Okay, he never could have pulled it off. I thought about that. I told you I took a cab home today while I was running. And I thought about that whole nonsense that Barack Obama said he couldn't get a cab in New York City because he's black. And actually, to prove he's black, because a, um, a lot of people don't think he's black. A lot of people don't think he's black. A lot of people could not figure out his race, including Barack Obama. Oh, by the way, he was totally conflicted about his uh, who is he? and What is he? You know, he wrote that book about his dad. And then he wrote another book about a dream his dad had. And he just all this stuff, all this introspection. Too much. Too much. Get on with it, okay? Who cares? Who cares what happened in Kenya, all right? You're a man. Go out and do something. Instead, he uh, created the business, the Barack Obama business, talking about himself, writing about himself. And I know that stuff about him not being black enough, according to him. That's what he said. He said it in his own book. Uh, which one? I think, I think it was the last one, The Promised Land, with him on the cover, The promised land. Wow, what a... (laughs) And uh, he said it. He said he gets to Chicago, and uh, he wants to be somebody, so he runs for Congress. He's a state senator, then he runs for Congress, and he loses by, like, 70 points. He ran against an incumbent Democrat, a guy by the name of Bobby Rush, who I think is still in Congress. And Bobby Rush happened to be black, happened to be from the neighborhood. Everybody knew him, uh, was doing a good job, at least the community thought so. But uh, Barack Obama, you know, ambitious guy in a hurry... So he runs against him, and he says this: nobody knew if I was black; they didn't, they couldn't figure me out, and he couldn't figure himself out. Anyway, um, he came back big time, didn't he? <laughs> Four years later, he's elected to the United States Senate, and two years after that, he starts running for president. And two years after that, he's president. Now, did he get there on the merits? Hmm? Did he get there because he's really good at passing legislation? Did he get there because he's the smartest guy in the world? Did he get there because he's the most charismatic guy in the world? There's actually nothing charismatic about him. That speech, that speech about there is no there is no uh, black America, there is no white America, there is the United States of America. I mean, a, a sixth grader could have written that speech. I mean, it was so bereft of anything substantive, except for that one part, that one part where he said, we have to eradicate the stigma for black children reading books. We have to say that that is good, not bad. I'm like, what? What is he talking about? Is that a stigma? Really? And he said it. He said it out loud in the 2004 convention. He said that a black kid with the book is acting white, and that's a stigma in the black community. We got to eradicate that. I'm like, holy cow, you're damn right we got to eradicate that. What the hell kind of thinking is that? Well, did we do one damn thing to stop that, to turn that notion around? Right, we didn't. (laughs) Uh, We didn't. And if it was a thing then, it's a thing now. That literacy, literacy somehow is uncool in certain parts of our world. I can't believe it, but it's a thing. I also, by the way, don't like saying black community, white community, Asian community. I mean, it just, I hate that. Yet everybody does it, including me sometimes, because it connotes that everybody of a certain color thinks the same way. And obviously, that's not true. Um, But we do that, right? The gay community, the LGBTQ community. You know how many gay conservatives I meet? I know a whole bunch of them. Uh, We got one of our favorites, Christine, up there in Connecticut. She's transgender. And people give me a hard time sometimes. Why do you call a she, when she's really a he, you know what? That's my choice. That's a courtesy. That's a courtesy. That's fine. That's fine. But when people are out there demanding that we do it, that's not fine. And Or passing a law that says I'm breaking the law if I don't use the right pronoun, that's, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And I don't think I'm going to go to a church that has a gay pride flag out front either. I'm not going to go to a church that has a gay pride flag out front either. And I saw one today. You know, uh, Gay Pride Month is over, of course, but Gay Pride continues. And what was this church? Where was it? I actually took a picture. Heavenly Gate on the Upper East Side. Beautiful church. Um, and at the entrance, it has a great big Gay Pride sound, uh, the flag. The one with the transgender triangle. I'm like, what the hell is this doing here? I didn't say that to anybody. I don't want to fight. I actually did think about well, I just don't think it should be there. And well, what we're trying to tell everybody that everybody is welcome. Yes, but you don't have to have... Where, where, where's my flag? You see, I don't feel welcome there. I don't feel welcome there. You say everybody is welcome, but you put flags up for... I'm going to use the community word. One community, but not other communities. Hey, I'm a Make America Great Again guy, huh? Where's my uh, MAGA? Where's a MAGA flag, huh? Why don't you put a Trump... Why don't you put a Trump sticker on the damn door? You're not going to do that, of course not. Why are you putting the gay pride flag up? And I saw that scene at the White House. Is that what it is? That what's going to happen inside? So you know, you say you're inclusionary, you're actually exclusionary. You're in, about inclusion, you're excluding. You're excluding, and I have every reason in the world, by the way, to be transphobic. Yes, transphobic. Now I'm not transphobic. I'm trans awkward. Often, except around my friends, uh, Christine and, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner. I consider Caitlyn Jenner a friend. Isn't that kind of cool? Maybe you don't think that's cool, but I think it's cool. I remember learning about Caitlyn and seeing uh, uh, Bruce, then Bruce, uh, 1976 in Montreal. What an Olympics that was. Nadia Comaneci, Frank Shorter, the, the marathoner. Is Mark Spitz still in the pool at that point? I'm not... Exactly sure, but it was a it was a golden era. It was a golden era. Hey, believe it or not, in 1976, Joe Biden was actually in the United States Senate, hooking up his family in Delaware. I read that whole story the other day about how his brother, in 1977, took over a nightclub in Delaware called Seasons Change. Had no idea how to run a nightclub. No idea, but he was Joe Biden's brother. So the bank gave him a $700,000 loan, which he promptly... Blue. <laughs> James Biden. And Joe, what's Joe's reaction to all this? He gets on the phone with the bank president, tries to work everything out. OK, he can't do that. So then he starts to publicly criticize the bank. Well, why did you give my brother a loan in the first place? He doesn't know anything about being in the nightclub business. And then the bank says, well, uh, we felt pressure because his name was Biden. That's just the you know, Delaware is a very weird place. Have you ever been there? I actually recommend going. Just check it out. Um there's a beautiful hotel uh and you're bound to meet somebody from the Biden administration there if you go on a weekend. Uh the Dupont Hotel. that's in Wilmington. It's actually dirt cheap as far as hotels go. It's like 130 bucks a night. And it's very old world and anyway, who cares? It's a, a Dupont Hotel in Wilmington. Eric, what's up? Hey. How are you?
6: Listen, this uh, John Kerry, this guy, if you're going to sit there, think about it. If you're going to sit there and you're going to try and impose some sort of carbon rationing on human beings, you shouldn't even be close to, uh, to a jet. I mean, if if they were serious about uh, this climate change, they would be very vocal about banning jets, personal, government, whatever. So anyone, if you think about it, anyone who actually tries to lecture us about that, it opposes any sort of law like that or has their own jets. Total fraud.
4: What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. Look, these people are about power. It's all about power. And, like, what would they be doing if they didn't talk about climate change? Like, what would be the big cause? There's nothing really to do. This is the fashionable thing to do. And they love power. And what's a sign of power? What's the ultimate, uh, what's the ultimate perk for the powerful? A private jet. Like Gordon Gecko said, I'm talking about liquid. I'm talking about enough money to have your own jet. Are you ready, buddy? So um, now I'll say this: I, 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 You know, you know, I used to be, uh, I used to be kind of liberal. Do you know that twenty years ago? And people would say, "Well, uh, you know, what about what about private planes? Private planes are not the source of all the pollution. They're not. Uh, they're just not." India and China is the source of all the pollution. Okay, that's where it's coming from. We got the cleanest. This is New York City. Go outside. It's totally clean. Anyway, yeah, so uh, you can be for clean environment and actually say it's okay to have airplanes. But the hypocrisy with this guy lecturing the world, because it takes a big carbon footprint to make a plane. Oh, I'm out of time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly.
5: is the greg kelly show
1: how about that tracy chapman song from 1990 something right 89 90 88 when the hell did it come out tracy chapman i remember this song i was in college about the fast car wait no that's the new one i want to hear the old one if you don't mind the tracy chapman one There, he, wait is it is this the new one or the old one all right wait uh, who, who knows
5: Ticket to anywhere,
4: maybe
1: we make a deal. Yeah, no. uh, does she ever sing?
6: You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere, maybe we make a
1: deal. All right, maybe together we can get somewhere. She had a job in the grocery store, just like I did at the time. And that's the Tracy Chapman song from the 90s. Anyway, this guy named Luke came out with another version of it. And you're right. It sounds very, very similar. It's identical. It's identical. Now, why is this guy getting so much credit for copying this song? Well, a lot of millennials didn't hear the original, I guess. and I heard a nice story that how much he liked this song when he was growing up.
5: All
1: right, so that's great. Two nice songs. Uh, Luke Combs is the guy's name, and he decided, I like that song. I'm going to start doing it, and he's been doing it for years. And then he put it on TikTok, and it's been viewed a billion times, which is more than the Tracy Chapman song ever got listened to, probably, right? So uh, there's a little bit of pushback here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, they're trying to say that somehow this is a this is a race thing, and it's a it's an anti queer thing that she didn't get more credit for this song. So the Washington Post reports that On one hand, Luke Combs is an amazing artist And it's great to see that someone in country music Is influenced by a black queer woman That's really exciting But at the same time, it's really hard To lean into that excitement Knowing that Tracy Chapman Would not be celebrated in the industry Without that kind of middleman Being a white man Now that's a lot of crap (laughs) <laughs> she made this song a hit on her own, and she did it in 1988. My beef with uh, the Luke Holmes thing is he's he's a bit of a copycat. But she made she got the Grammy for this thing, right? Yeah, she did. All right, what does it mean? Uh, nothing. She. That song was from 1990. By the way, that version is is an updated version, but uh, that's going on right now. I finally figured out though, because I heard it in at a restaurant, and it's Luke Combs, the country guy. Good for him.
5: You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show.
1: With a gun to my head, I could not tell you what the most popular song in America is right now. Could you? Um, could you? you? Have any vague idea? Vague, rough. I no. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You got to be uh, uh, 13, apparently. All right, or you got to be on TikTok. I, I look. I know people listen to Z100. I personally don't. Um, there are people who know this stuff, but it's the thing about it is you did not have to follow music to know what the top uh, song was. Everybody just knew. It's like, who's the number one boxer in the world right now? Who's the heavyweight champion of the world? Zero idea. Everybody knew who Muhammad Ali was, right? So everything is uh, different now. And while these people are complaining about uh, Tracy Chapman uh, being eclipsed by this guy, let's see here. Uh, The Washington Post says that, uh, let's see, highlighting racism in the majority white country music industry that has sidelined artists of color since the early 20th century, when songs from black singers were filtered out of the genre and labeled race records. There has been a concerted effort from some in Nashville to promote inclusivity, but those efforts have fallen short. Um, well, forget about all this nonsense of the moment, and it is nonsense. Tracy Chapman, for that uh, Fast Car song, won the Grammy. Before George Floyd, before any of this, it was in 1990 and she stood up on the stage. And this was not diversity. This was not uh, affirmative action. This was a kick-ass song that really spoke to people. And good for her. And she was recognized. Here she is receiving one of three Grammys in 19... Is it three Grammys? It's three Grammys. She won one for uh, Best New Artist... Uh, best female pop vocal performance and best contemporary folk album. <laughs> 34 years ago. May we hear?
6: Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to uh, take this time to thank my record company, Electra Records, and Bob Krasnow. Uh, SBK Entertainment, and Charles Koppelman. Lookout Management, uh, Elliot Roberts, David Kirschenbaum, who produced the record. Yeah. And I'd like to thank my family, my mother, who bought my first guitar, Aww. and uh, my sister, who's always been my best audience, my best critic. And uh, my best friend, thank you very much.
1: You know, I, I remember Fast Car when it came out. I remember driving on Pelham Parkway in the Bronx. I remember where I was when I first heard it. All right. This song struck a chord. People loved it. Millions of records sold, three Grammys. All right. Congratulations. It's great. And she accepted it with grace. But this guy now does the, the same song, which is a beautiful honor. It's an honor. Right. He's honoring her. He's paying homage. And he says, yeah, that song made an impact on me, too. His name is Luke Combs. But listen to the kind of hate he's getting. Uh, It kind of proves that when you put a white face on black art, it seems to be consumed a lot easier. That's why some goals of the new black Opry are to make sure artists of color can have equal opportunities and get the same amount of attention, he said, and to push for change among gatekeepers in Nashville. You know, this suggests that the gatekeepers of Nashville are actually like like racists, right? They're actually no, it's the music. It is the music. Um This is so nasty and unfortunate Now, by the way luke combs as big as his song is right now it it evaporates i mean it, it, it so what it's trending on twitter so what it's number one on tiktok it will evaporate nobody 34 years from now is going to remember the luke combs version i'm sorry but what's her name tracy chapman's version that moved the needle does that make sense uh hello sal what's going on
2: Hey, Greg, I hope you're in the best of health and wealth. But I got to tell you something, uh, Greg, this is nonsense that the Secret Service, the Sleazy Service, it's a, the, uh, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, should have taken charge. They have fingerprints. They have DNA. This creep hide hunter disgraced this country and his heritage by selling drugs in the military. He should be doing life and Leavenworth. work.
1: He did not—hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, easy, all right? Uh, He didn't sell drugs in Leavenworth. He didn't sell drugs in the Navy. He did not sell drugs in the Navy. Now, there's plenty of crap that Hunter did, so let's get it straight, all right? Uh, In a backdoor kind of way, he joined the Naval Reserve at the age of, like, 45, which never should have happened uh, because he wanted the shortcut to the prestige— of military service without making the sacrifice. He gets there, and the first thing they have him do is take a drug test, which he fails. You don't go to Leavenworth for uh, failing drug tests, okay? What else?
2: To our brother, American Marine, uh, Sergeant Penny, if you're, if his lawyer, I'm telling the director, to Penny, courtesy of Meucci and Marconi. Brother, American Marine, if your lawyer does not have your case, transfer to Staten Island Criminal Court, Then get another lawyer. No, he's not going to be able to to do
1: that. They're not going to be able to move it to to Staten Island. (laughs) They're not going to be. That's not how it works. You don't move a venue one county over. You move it to another state. You move it to like Wisconsin or something like that or Connecticut or uh, just uh, far away. You can't move one county over. Uh, It doesn't work that way. And he shouldn't change lawyers. He's got Tom Kniff and he's very good. Thank you, Sal. Um, uh, Paul, hello. Hey, Paul, hold on a second. Uh, Make that Tom in Brooklyn. Hi, Tom.
6: Hey, Greg, how's it going?
4: Um, Quick point
6: on that Kathleen Kamala tweet. Um, I think she was talking about, you know, that if you're not in first class, you can't use the first class bathroom. I remember
4: a couple of years ago there was an article on it. Uh, That's
1: not what she tweeted. That's not what she's saying. And everybody knows you can't go to the first class. (laughs) I don't. I've flown first class a handful of times. Everybody knows you can't go up there. You can't go past the curtain once the flight starts. There's a bathroom in the back. She's not talking about that. There's no indication of the uh, the class. Uh, first class, second class, none. She That's d- all there to think about. She's an idiot anyways. The majority, I'm going to read it again. The majority of domestic flights do not have accessible restrooms. This is absolutely unacceptable. Our administration will soon announce a solution to help end this inequity. Now, I mean, this is idiotic even for her. There's, there's going to be, there has to be a, a, some sort of correction, some sort of uh, this was an erroneous tweet. This was a tw- intern having fun, something, because this makes zero sense to anyone in the world. And if they let this stand, you know they may be out to get her. Joe Biden hates Kamala, hates her, hates her. After what she did to him in that debate in 2019. Anyway, Tom, what else is going on?
5: Oh, not much. Living the dream, you know?
1: All right. Well, good. Keep it up. Keep in touch. And now it's time for Paul. Hello, Paul. He he puts me on hold. I'll hang up on him there. Never mind, Paul. Barbara, hello.
6: Hi, Greg. I had a friend ask me today. Um, of which, which person do I think would be better able to bring our country together as president, whether it would be Donald Trump, whether it would be Vivek Ramaswamy, or whether it would be uh, DeSantis. And I said, I don't think any of them will be able to bring our country together because we're faced with a, a, demo- a democratic party in this country whose success depends on keeping us divided and keeping us apart from each other. If anyone in the Democrat Party were going to bring us together, they've already had people who would do that. So they're only interested in dividing us further. And I think the only thing that's going to bring us together is to have a competent, experienced president, a strong president, as you were just talking about, someone who can meet with foreign leaders and not tremble and giggle out of nervousness. And also someone who will support America's education and support our families. That's what I think is going to bring us out of this. And we need voices like yours. You know, do you ever wake up in the morning with ideas for the day? I, I find that happens to me, where all of a sudden you wake up and out of nowhere comes these ideas. And I woke up this morning thinking about what I've learned from your show and from your book. And how important your voice is. And I think we all who listen to you realize that. And But I hope we also realize that we need to spread the word and get more people listening and learning. Listening to your passion and learning from your insight and, and your information. Oh and my goodness, have... you're
1: incredibly kind, incredibly kind. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you gonna you have a quote for us?
6: No, I was just going to say, yes, well... Um, you are not afraid to speak the truth. And Benjamin Franklin said, "Freedom of speech is the great bulwark of liberty. They prosper and die together." Freedom of speech and liberty prosper and die together, and they do. Oh, and wow. I I hope this is not embarrassing, but this morning I wanted to I decided I needed to give you a blessing. And so if you just think for a minute that I'm there beside you, And my hand is on your shoulder. And I'm saying, God be with you through all these days, guiding what you do and say, amen.
1: Oh, amen indeed. Thank you so much, Barbara. Wow. Huh. I love it. Uh, Thank you for the kind words. And uh, I'm glad your friend asked you that question. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's overstated, right? Who can bring us together? Who can bring us together? And like, as if... Let's think about it for a second. Do we really... That can be overstated, like the value of being brought together, unity, unifying people, right? I know it sounds great, but we have a situation where it's good versus evil. I'm sorry, but not having a border, that's evil. Um, uh, Transgender uh, uh, displays in the schools around kids, that's evil. Um, There's no compromise there. I don't want to compromise on that stuff. And if there's somebody who can bring us together, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like unity, unity for unity's sake. I don't think that's a that's a worthwhile goal, is it, Barbara?
6: I think what we need is someone who will help to lead us back to the culture and the beliefs that made our nation great.
1: Well, I think that's Jesus. Quite frankly, you know what I mean. I really think it's uh, it's God. I don't know if a man can do that. I don't know if, if that may, might be on one man or woman. Um, hey, by the way, you mentioned Vivek. And thank you again for the beautiful words, really. Um, I'm, I'm just so, uh, wow. But uh, Vivek, as brilliant as he is, as smart as he is, as strong as he is, I can't see him meeting with Putin, you know, for, for the next 20 years. He's not ready. He's just too young. He's, he doesn't have the stature to represent America on the international stage. Do you agree?
6: I agree. Too many things he does not have the experience. I have never in my lifetime seen a politician who is as good with all those things as Donald Trump, who knows how to deal with people of totally different cultures with very different objectives. And yet he's able to find enough common ground that he comes away respecting them and they respect him. That doesn't mean he approves of what they do. But he understands what we have to do to get along in this world.
1: Think about having to build a house or buying or selling a house in another country. I mean, think about the complexity and having to get you know, you would know so much about that country. Donald Trump has built buildings all over the world. I'm looking at one right now, uh Istanbul. He built a huge building in Istanbul, Turkey. Now to get that built, you gotta roll up your sleeves, you gotta know what's what, you gotta And there's negotiation, there's nuance, there's all kinds of stuff that a regular politician, they just don't know how to do, would never want to do, have no interest in doing. They just have that stupid smile, uh, the handshake, asking for favors, asking for money. Now we have a world-class, I mean a world-class expert. We haven't had one of those in the White House since uh, uh, Eisenhower, Nixon kind of, LBJ in a weird way reagan in a different type of way but they're they're the exception certainly not the rule and uh we're lucky we're lucky hey we're lucky to be alive i know it's a crazy time but we're lucky to be alive and i'm lucky to know you barbara i'll be right back kelly
5: the Greg Kelly Show.
1: You heard about the road rage thing on Park Avenue? Uh, Let's see here. A guy was killed. Um, Let's see here. Police said Velez Alvarez, 54 years old, and another driver, Andre Mosby, 26, got into a feud after Mosby tapped the back of Velez's uh, 2020 Chevrolet Silverado pickup truck with his 2014 Volkswagen Jetta. At East 60th Street near Park Avenue, nice neighborhood. Uh, the dispute heated up. Velez Alvarez got out of his truck and slashed Moby's, Mosby's tires, according to the police. Mosby then allegedly slammed the accelerator on his Jetta and plowed into the older man, uh, and he died at the hospital. And uh, everybody who knows this uh, Velez Alvarez guy says he's the nicest, kindest guy in the world and this never could have happened um i bet they have security cameras right have they looked at those yet uh, now the guy who hit the gas and i can understand sometimes you can feel threatened in a car and just hit the gas but uh he has something of a criminal record uh, but that doesn't mean you know he was wrong here i don't have enough information happened in um hmm i have seen it very ordinary people they call it road rage you know they're they're mild-mannered and then something about getting behind that wheel it's very interesting if you bump into somebody on the street oh excuse me oh i'm sorry excuse me oh i, I didn't mean that are you okay yeah but in the car you have one slight like you know that was my turn to change lanes or you know the, the f you and the middle finger and the yelling and the bah, 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 and then people kill each other it's <laughs> You never would have done that, you know, if you bump into each other. Now, you could say, well, the stakes are a lot higher. You know, you could, you almost killed me. And I guess that can really get your Irish up. Um, maybe that's it. Hey, can we hear from the, Yeah, let's hear from these people. You know, the, the big guys, the rich guys are getting a little bit uh, sick of DeSantis and the screw-ups and uh, his personality. <laughs> They're like, what will we ever, what did we ever see in this guy? Nobody likes him. He was supposed to take out Trump. Trump is 35 to 40 points ahead of DeSantis. So they're like looking around. Who should we put our money behind? And they're taking a second look at candidates like Tim Scott. Tim Scott, remember him, the senator from uh, South Carolina? Yeah, he declared a couple of months ago. Let's hear from him.
2: I look forward to
5: presenting a solution that works for all of America, because all of America wants their kids going to a a safe school. All of America wants their kids growing up in safe neighborhoods. All of America wants their grandparents not locked in their houses from the time the sun goes down until the time the sun goes up. We have the solution in my administration. We'll make sure that streets are safer. Kids have a chance because their parents have a choice. This is not... Just a GOP message. This is what we call in America common sense. Well,
1: all right. Well, that's nice, but it's really bumper stickery, not very innovative. Who can argue with any of those things? Every politician says they want those things. I don't think the guy's smart enough to be president. All right. I just don't think he's smart enough. Um Yeah. I I don't I I I hope they don't put their money behind him. Look, I want Trump. I'm all for Trump. Uh but if something happens, you know, and uh who would, I don't want anything to happen, so I don't want to jinx it. All right, uh, Nikki Haley, let's hear from her. That's somebody else they're taking a look at.
6: I have said, and I say it to every Republican candidate who's going to get on that debate stage, I will, I will support the Republican that comes out of that. Certainly I want it to be me, but I'm going to support the Republican because I don't believe that America can afford President Kamala Harris. All right. We all I mean, I agree
1: that. with her about that. I agree with her about Kamala Harris, but is she the one? No, she's the one to run your fourth grade classroom. Who do I like the most? Next, please. We will win Iowa. We will win Nebraska. And we will
3: make America great again. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless everybody. God bless you. Thank you very much.
1: All right. That's what I want. That's what I want. Danielle in Brooklyn, hello. Okay. Hey,
6: um- it was driving me crazy knowing the fact that you kept saying we there's bathrooms in the, air, in the airlines. Like, I don't understand, like, what, where are they not accessible bathrooms? It's, she You're meant, talking she about knows Disability
1: says, Act of 1989 or whatever? Is it disabled?
6: No, no. I'm not. No. She's, when she says accessible bathrooms, making the bathrooms accessible, she does mean accessible wheelchair bathrooms For handicapped yeah. people.
1: All right. All right. Yeah, I guess that makes a little, She might have just, she could have been clearer in her tweet. She should have been she should have not worded it that way,
6: no I understand so I was like what does all right, so we're gonna
1: extend the bathroom so you can fit a wheelchair in there,
6: yeah, I think that's what she wants all right, I
1: mean, um uh yeah, I don't think she should be rearranging the airlines. I just don't think she should be rearranging uh you know what what it's gonna to take to retrofit those planes I mean
6: they're
1: wasting, I, uh, I i they're I, wasting I i i think the American with Disabilities Act. You know, you got like these some places with the wheelchair ramps that are never, ever, 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 ever used. Now I know though, a lot of people do sit in wheelchairs and that kind of thing. I'd feel better if it came from somebody uh who sat who who's in a wheelchair other than Kamala Harris. I'd have a better sense of the thing. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Sandra, hello. I gotta go in a moment, but nice to have you. Thank you, Greg. I just
6: hope that Donald Trump doesn't uh, decide to debate with all the 10 candidates because to me it would not be fair, it would not be balanced. The moderator will start asking
1: questions. You're right, it would be 10 against 1, and that's why he's not going to go, and he shouldn't. Thanks, I'll see you later.